0: Slate Church. We are so glad to have you. And my name is Brandon. This is Jared. We're two of the pastors here at Slate Church. And uh, we're just really glad to have you. Yeah,
1: it's going to be a great Sunday. You know what? With uh, all the COVID restrictions and things that are happening right now with the lockdown here in Ontario, we've had to change up a little bit of the way that we record the service Mm -hmm. today. So we've actually been able to see most of the service at the time that we're recording this right now. Let me tell you, it's going to be a really good service coming
0: at you today. Absolutely. We really believe it's going to impact your life. And right now, we actually have some links popping up in our chat. Yep. One's a connect button. What does that do? So if you hit that connect button,
1: it's not going to take you anywhere weird. It's just going to take you to a page that allows you to fill out some information so that we can get to know you. Right now, we got a bunch of people watching this, and we don't actually know who you are, and we would love to get to know you. And so, to go from just a number on a screen to us to actually a person that we can engage with, we'd love for you to fill out a Connect Card today. We've got another button here as well. It says Invite. What does the Invite button do?
0: The Invite button does exactly what the Invite button says. Right. What it does is it copies a URL that you can share with anybody through uh, iMessage, because that's Ooh. really the only type of messaging system right. you should be using. Amen. Anything else Android. Yeah, anyway, we forget. Anyway, alienated like half the people uh, watching yeah that's or, okay but right. anyway um, like we would 1%. encourage you <laughs> we would encourage you to share that with somebody email it to somebody uh, however you got to get it to somebody do that because uh, here's the thing uh, you know our online campus is a little bit like online dating Okay. It's great to experience online, but eventually you need to somehow move into, like, real relationship with somebody, right? right? So this might be a meeting point. You might be meeting us as a church for the first time. Yeah. But we actually want to connect with you, and we want you to have other real humans connect with us. And so that's why we would love for you to use these buttons that are popping up right now in the chat.
1: Yeah, and listen, if you're watching this on demand afterwards, that's great too. But if you're watching on YouTube, why don't you just hit that like button and throw a comment in there? We'd love for you to do that as well because uh, as we've been talking about, there's this almighty algorithm on YouTube and the more interaction we can get with the video, the more people are gonna see it, the more people are gonna hear the good news of Jesus. And so if you're doing that, it takes like two seconds. We'd love for you to do it, but it's gonna be a great service. I think, what do we got coming up? We got worship coming up to
0: start us off. Worship, because worship is part of the heart of who we are as a church. Mm-hmm. We really believe in magnifying the God that we gathered here today. It's, you know, that we are here only because of Him, and we have hope through the craziness of 2021 yeah. that's already been because of Jesus. And so yeah. we're gonna worship Him. Wherever you find yourself, get yourself into a space where you can focus on Him, because I really believe that as you focus yourself on Him, God will really show up in a real way yeah. in your life today. So why don't we stand up, uh, close our eyes, raise our hands. Let's I love go. it. I'm watching my daughter. She's seeing Emma and I. Uh, uh, cool. You know, we're we're worshiping, and she's starting to put up her hands nah, and she's cool. entering in. Yeah. Listen, let's just worship like we've never worshipped before. <laughs>
2: to shed your blood, so I'm gonna live like my shame is gone, I won't be shackled to the way I was, so I'm gonna live like my chains are gone. Praise is a weapon that will overcome, so I'm gonna shout like the battle's won, yeah, fall back devil cause your time is up, I'm gonna live like the stone is gone, gone.
3: declaration church every week we take some time to celebrate what God is doing so here are some of the praise requests that prayer praise requests that came in this week where someone is thankful that they are still able to attend church in this season I'm definitely thankful for that someone is thankful that they are able to carry the light of Jesus and share that with their family we also have some prayer requests that have come in this week. Someone's praying for their health as they've seen doctors and have tried different things that don't seem to be working. And we're also praying that someone would draw closer to God and that they would hear from Him. You actually have an opportunity every week, church, to fill out an online prayer Uh, and praise card just at our website, slaychurch.com. And every week on Thursday mornings, we pray for them at morning prayer. And I would encourage you be there. It is a powerful time of prayer and worship, a great way to start your day. So church, if you have a prayer request that wasn't mentioned, why don't you raise a hand toward the screen? And if you have faith in this place, why don't you raise your other hand towards the screen as we pray? God, I thank you for the things that you're doing. I thank you that we can still meet as a church. It may look different, but God, you are still moving, and you are still moving in a powerful way. God, we bring these prayer requests to you. God, we bring sickness to you. God, we bring um, our desires to grow close to you. God, anything that uh, people are experiencing, God, we lift that up to you, full of faith, knowing that you um, are all-powerful and you will move and work in these situations. In Jesus' name, amen. So church, we're going to sing this song, No One But You, and I would just encourage you, lean into the spirit of God today.
2: Who can melt the hardest heart? Speak life into my soul. Who can spin the world around? And hold me ever close? Who can search the depths of me? And love me to the core Who controls the world I see And walks me through it all No i mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: What an incredible time of worship that we just had. And you know, I'm very thankful for a team and a church and just the ability through our Slate Studio to be able to continue to record in a safe way, a way that's right up to guidelines and everything else during this lockdown here in Ontario. And uh, I'm really thankful for our team, really thankful for their heart of worship and everything that we just sung there. And right now I wanna talk to us a little bit about giving. And uh, I thought at the beginning of the year, uh, you know, every every week we encourage you in your giving because it's something that I need to be encouraged in. It's amazing how selfish, how quickly we became, we can become selfish with what we've been given. And I want to just do a little bit of teaching because sometimes it's like, what what is this giving moment about, and and what it, what, what does it really mean? You know, this giving moment is really about our tithes and our offerings. It's the things that God requests of us that we give week after week, month after month, and the things that He, we feel him putting on our hearts. You see, a tithe really just means 10% of, of what we've been given from God. That means 10% of, of, your, of your giving. For some of you, you're like, that's astronomical, and that's absolutely insane, and it's nowhere to be found in Jesus' teaching. That's where I'd say, hey, we gotta check the theology just for a second. I love, back in the Old Testament, where all of a sudden we're getting a glimpse into where this idea of tithe actually came from. You see there's this guy named Abraham and Abraham is uh, the guy that Jesus, or or God rather, is gonna choose to bring out his promises to the earth, to his creation. Um, He's gonna choose Abraham's family and out of him is gonna come Jesus. He puts this plan uh, of redemption in place. Before God ever really communicates this plan to Abraham, he's actually called Abram. Remember last week when I was talking about how God always kind of shows up and changes people's names. So Abraham is actually called Abram. And Abram goes out and protects some of his family from some kings, and he wins the battle and everything else. And he starts talking to this guy named uh, Melchizedek. And it says, then Melchizedek gives Abram a blessing. And he says, blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of, of heaven and earth, and praise be to God most high, who delivered your enemies into your hand. And then it says, then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. You see, the... The interesting thing about 10th and, and tithe is that this isn't something that is all of a sudden introduced sometime later in the, in the Bible and then it, it goes out of the Bible later on when Jesus arrives on the scene. It's actually in the fabric of who we are as humans in our relationship to God. When we are thankful out of what God blesses us with, in this case, Abraham Abram is blessed with a victory, his first response before he's even commanded to do so is to actually give back a 10th out of what God's given him. Why is this so? Because Abram wants to represent, hey God, I know that you've given me everything and this is my way to show you that my heart is with you and I'm gonna be consistent with you because you are so faithful with me. You see, tithe is something so much deeper than a commandment. It's actually woven into the fabric of who we are as creation and how we relate to our creator. See, God's not asking for everything all the time. Well, he is. (laughs) We'll get into that maybe another week. But what he's actually asking for is this, this uh, th- this amount or this this tithe that allows us to make sure that week after week, month after month, year after year, we know where our priorities are and where our blessing comes from. And so today, as we get ready to give our tithe, church, I encourage you. If you got all these different goals and maybe you don't give faithfully back to God, this isn't for us as a church. We're doing well, but it is for you more, honestly. I think it needs to be in in the top of what you're going to commit to do in January at the beginning of 2021. And just watch how this reorients the way that you see your finances, where you see your provision and what you believe God can do in your life. So why don't we begin to pray as we begin to tithe on behind me? I'm sure they already did it. I'm sure they already put the the graphic up how you can give and everything else, but I'm going to pray now. Jesus, thank you that you show us all throughout the Bible that this isn't about you getting our money. You gave us everything we have, money, possessions, relationships, provision, victory, whatever it might be, everything, any good thing, as the Bible teaches us, comes from you. You're not trying to get our our stuff. You're just trying to help make sure that you are kept in the right place in the midst of our finances. So God, today, as we uh, tithe back to you as a church and we get this deeper understanding of why we do so, God, we pray that we would be faithful today and that you would bless it and that God, you would um, multiply it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we're in the beginning of January and 2021 is looking like it's gonna be a great year. I I really, really believe it. One of the things we wanna give you a heads up on is actually since we went into lockdown back in March and COVID kind of um, impacted us here in Canada, uh, we started doing communion on Fridays at noon. And honestly, there's been a faithful group of people that have been doing communion every single Friday over Zoom at noon. And uh, we just wanna give you a heads up that we're actually gonna shift that up a bit. We're no longer gonna do it on Fridays at noon. We're actually gonna start including it within our prayer mornings, which happen at 6.30 Eastern Standard Time over Zoom. And what we hope you to do, for you to do is to go to our website, slatechurch.com, I believe it's slash prayer. And if you go there, you can actually find the link to our prayer morning Zoom calls. Everybody's welcome. And here's another thing I wanna challenge you with. I already challenged you with five. I'm I'm, I'm challenging you with all the heavy hitters today. I am challenging you with prayer at the beginning of 2021. It is amazing to me how many people wanna claim that they're like prayer warriors and won't get up at 6.30 in the morning and pray alongside everybody else in their church. I wanna challenge you today. Whoever you are, wherever you are, set aside 6.30 to 7.30 on Thursday mornings, jump on a Zoom call, it's low commitment. You don't even have to turn on your camera if you don't want to, but it's a way that we can sacrifice weekly a part of our time, maybe even some of our sleep, and give it back to God and seek Him together as a church. If anything's gonna build our church moving forward, it's the presence of God, and where we see the presence of God is when we gather and call on the name of God. And so I encourage you, jump on our website, slatechurch.com, find that link uh, at, at slatechurch.com slash prayer, and join us for prayer mornings, okay? I wanna let you know that we're actually approaching Vision Sunday this year. If you've joined us, if you've been with us for more than a year, you will know that we set vision for the year in January. Well, we're gonna approach this a little bit differently this year. This year, we're actually going to have, uh, I, I, We don't know the words for it just yet. There's a series coming and it's gonna span two months, okay? It's gonna span the months of February and March and it's gonna be titled something that I really believe is gonna bring vision to our church in this new season of what our church looks like and what we believe is coming after that. And so stay tuned, it starts the first week of February. It continues to the last week of March and we are really excited about the things that God is downloading on our hearts. Really excited to get it into your heart. So stay tuned. It's going to be great. And we're really looking forward to that. Well, right now we have an incredible segment coming up and uh, I get to pass it off to one of my favorite people. Uh, Actually two of my favorite people. I get to pass it on to Pastor Jared and Mr. Scott Simon. So take it away.
1: Well, thanks, Pastor Brandon. And look, we've got another interview today. It is a great interview for us. Actually, I I don't know if it's going to be a great interview yet. We're about to find out. It's Mr. Scott Simon, so I'm banking on it. He's a pretty phenomenal person, but we're going to see how good it is. Scott, no pressure. But um, we have somebody here today. Scott, you've been a part of Slaters for a long time, and I've gotten to know you through our worship ministry over the past little bit. And you have really, uh, like, stepped up in big ways over the course of uh, this COVID season, especially when it comes to prayer morning. I know Pastor Brandon was talking about it. You've been like leading almost every prayer morning, morning, primarily because like one, you got amazing voice and two, you can also play guitar at the same time. And you're doing a great job with that. But um, even just to like break on you for a second, when we were talking in our year in review service, uh, I was saying with Candace, some of the most like powerful moments of worship that I've had in this season have been actually at our prayer mornings with you leading. So I just wanna say thank you off the bat for that, for your diligence there. But um, I'm not gonna talk anymore. I wanna hear from you a little bit about your story and what God has done in your life.
4: Yeah, okay. Um, well, I'll just kind of give, I'll start just giving a quick overview of just like my background. Um, I I grew up being, um, aware of, of the church and of, of who Jesus was. Um, I, I went to church with my family pretty often when I was young. Um, but I was never really like personally invested in it. Um, I, I wasn't super involved with like the church and it just wasn't something that I, I focused on. And especially as I was getting older, um, towards like high school, um, I, uh, i wasn't going as often and it's not that i was against like believing in god or having faith or whatever it's just yeah. honestly something i didn't think about that much yeah um so then high school it just kind of happened that um most of the people i was spending time with and getting to know and like really growing close to were all people that um that were really active in their churches and right. and uh, their families were also like really active in their churches um so i was surrounded by that and, and eventually i was invited to like youth groups um which was an interesting experience like i my well, i was used to like really traditional sort of church services and yeah. then i was going to these like uh these evenings oh. where there's people my age like jumping and singing and putting their hands up and right I'm thinking like this is super super weird yeah. but it, i mean it didn't push me away i i, I kept going and probably partly just because my friends were going but right. um uh, that how, sort of, how old
1: were you at like at this time? Like grade nine.
4: Okay. So so then the next few years um, leading up to the end of high school was sort of like my journey of of beginning to know who Jesus was myself yeah. um, until it was kind of like a long it was kind of a long journey it was kind of a long progression but by the time I was in grade twelve I had actually um, decided to follow Jesus personally I had decided to make my faith my own yeah um, and so that's just sort of like background up until then so like I'm going into university and I'm still pretty new to my faith Um, I um, yeah and I struggled a lot um, going into university knowing what to do because I was in this stage of my life where I was trying to figure out who I was going to be and I had sort of ideas of what I was going to do and who I was going to be but then things changed a lot right when I when I when I decided that I was going to completely change my life for Jesus so um, that was definitely a tough time and I had a hard time um, adjusting to being in university. Um, mm-hmm. I had a hard time sort of balancing everything. Uh, definitely struggled academically and, and socially mm-hmm. with people other than like uh, people that I knew from from school, from high school. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I felt like I wasn't pursuing God enough. I felt like I wasn't doing enough for God, but I didn't really know what I was supposed to be doing. I didn't know how to fix that. Yeah. Um, and looking back, like I was involved with church, but to the extent of I was... I was in, in on the worship teams. Um, and that's pretty much all I was doing. And and I guess my mindset back then was like that's sort of my thing. Like I'm I, I like music. I'm okay at music, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do this as a sort of like the thing that God wants me to do. Yeah. Um but I, I I sort of looked at it like that was the extent as if it was sort of like that was my duty to the kingdom and then all my other time was just my time. Right. Which which obviously
1: oh, interesting um
4: I I learned later that there's so much more to it and and i i feel like i've been rambling so much already so i'll try to like wrap it up but but i i uh i ended up dropping out of school um and i shortly after i got an opportunity to go to the states and do like a missionary apprenticeship and that's a whole long story but basically that that experience completely changed my view of what it meant to uh, to serve God, to serve mm-hmm. Jesus, and to really like give my whole life mm. to Jesus and just to to His way. Yeah. Um, I, I I realized that, I, and it's it's written in the Scripture that that we we're supposed to give ourselves our whole lives up as a as a sacrifice right. to God. And I realized that um, I was previously just kind of looking for the bare minimum. I was trying to figure out what I had to do in order to be doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, when I realized. W- sort of in my experience there, I realized that I, I shouldn't have been asking like, God, what you know, what do I need to do? Like, what's the minimum that I need to do? I, I should have been asking like, God, what can I do? How much can I do for you? Wow. Um, and so my experience wow. there definitely just showed me how powerful it is when you do give your life up to to God. Um, and and I'm, not, I'm not saying that to like, say it's like everything's perfect now and right. I'm, I'm like amazing or anything. Like <laughs> right. I, like looking back, I've come so far. And I'm I'm just thankful um, for that lesson because I I feel like God was able to use me so much more because I gave so much.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Dude, thank you for sharing that. And I would say you ended up pretty amazing, man. And this was a pretty good interview. But I think that what you're talking about there of like the difference between just like compartmentalizing that relationship with God and just like actually allowing it to be a part of your whole life is something I think people miss like over the course of their whole life. So for you to understand that at a, at a young age is a powerful thing, and so and to even just encourage people in that today is a, is a big deal. So, dude, thanks for taking the time to share your story, yeah, no and uh, and I'm excited to see how this shifts people's perspective on their relationship with God too. But hey, I'm gonna pass it back over to Pastor Brandon to lead us in the rest of our service here today. I think we have got the message coming up, so I'm looking forward to that too.
0: Church, what an incredible interview, and I'm so thankful for Scott Simon. I call him Mr. Scott Simon. He leads us in worship so many prayer mornings, and it's kind of his stage name on Zoom. And I'm just so thankful for you, Scott. Thank you for sharing your story. Why don't we just drop in the comment section if you're watching live, and uh, thanks, Scott, for sharing his story. Thank him for uh, uh, being uh, open and vulnerable there. And uh, hey, Uh, While you're at it, if you're watching on demand, why don't you drop a comment in the comment section as well? Here's the thing that we need to understand as a church. Is part of building the church in this season kind of weird, but is leaving comments and likes on our YouTube page or subscribing there? Because that's actually going to allow more people to find out about the good news of Jesus Christ because the algorithm will push it up further. So why don't you even just go back and watch this again and drop a comment because uh, you'll help get the good news of the gospel out. So thank you, Scott, and thank Thank you, Jared, for that incredible time. Well, now we're going to move on to, uh, I mean, it's my favorite uh, segment today because, um, I mean, I love all the segments, but um, uh, my wife is about to preach, and I really, really, really really love, really, really, really love what my wife preaches. And uh, here's the thing. I think you're going to be blessed by it. I think that you're going to be encouraged by it. I know that, uh, maybe she's already gonna say this, but she rewrote the entire message because she felt God bring her in a different direction. I really love it when that kind of thing happens because I know that God is speaking. And so uh, I'm not gonna take up too much of her time. I'm gonna pass it over to Pastor Emma.
5: Hey church, listen, I am so excited to speak today. And I'm gonna dive right into it because I don't wanna use any of my time talking about other things. I only wanna talk about what God's put on my heart today. And we're gonna be going to Acts chapter nine, starting right in verse one. It says this, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for a letter to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, this Jesus movement, Christianity as we know it today, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, "'Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me?' "'Who are you, Lord?' Saul asked. "'I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting,' he replied. "'Now get up and go into the city, "'and you will be told what you must do.'" Skipping down to verse 10, "'In Damascus,' this is where Saul was going, "'there was a disciple named Ananias. "'The Lord called him in a vision, Ananias. "'Yes, Lord,' he answered. "'The Lord told him, "'Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street "'and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, "'for he is praying.'" In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Why don't we pray, and then we're going to get right into this today. Jesus, I thank you that we get to be here, that we get to gather virtually together, Lord. And I just pray you would speak through me um, today in a way that only you can, Lord. Pray that our hearts would be ready for what you have to say. In your name, amen. 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 Well, listen, if you're taking notes today, you can write down this title. Behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes I find myself, if I'm just trying to maybe relax for a minute or just distract myself or see what is happening outside of my house where so many of us are stuck in our houses right now, I tend to pick up my phone and one of the first things I just flip open to, it's a habit, I'm not proud of it, is Instagram, okay? I know I'm not the only one. I open it up, I start scrolling, I start looking and and I did this the other day, and I realized something. And, and I really realized that we are just messed up people, okay? We're messed up people. And I mean, please hear me in the nicest way possible. Within a few moments, I can be bombarded with everything from adorable puppies, uh, memes about Karen, powerful messages, a friend's new cooking hobby, a person carrying a Confederate flag through the Capitol building, to someone sharing some type of almond milk that they've now found to put in their smoothies for weight loss. There's just a lot going on. Actually, though, if you feel like maybe you're not messed up, maybe you're someone that's outside of that, I bet it would not take that much to really knock you off that pedestal and see that we are actually dealing with some challenges as people. It's only taken a year of dramatic change for a lot of people to recognize that what they do in the past has given them a lot of identity. It's given us a lot of identity as to who we are. And once that doing piece is removed, we can't do the normal things that we would tend to do, we aren't too sure how to react to it. You know, Church, I believe that today, some of us are actually suffering behind the scenes. And I want to very simply remind you that you are not alone. You're not alone in the challenges that you're facing. You know, we're suffering from a variety of things. People are suffering from shame. Maybe you can relate to this. Insecurity, just unsure of who you are, what you have to offer, a lack of confidence in that. We're suffering from fear of what is unknown in this world, what's going to happen, what is going on, of, of sin in general just sin that we are struggling with, we are suffering from the effects of that, of hopelessness. Seriously, we're in another year, and the things that I thought would be different, nothing has changed. Of loneliness, feeling like we're isolated in our own homes and we can't get out and do the things we want to do. Perhaps of complacency, where you're just feeling like, I'm just going to sit and wait this out. I'm just going to sit back and lean back in this season. I'm just going to do my thing. I'm just going to wait this out, watch a lot of Netflix, see what's going on with that, and, and, and just be a little bit complacent to what God is doing. You know, you can fill in the blank with what's going on in your life. Maybe you've just had a diagnosis. Maybe there's family trouble. Maybe there's things that are just bothering you, things that are affecting you, and you are suffering. You are struggling this year. You know, as Christians, we have have put so much pressure, and we tend to put so much pressure on ourselves to do the right things, to be the right kind of people, and sometimes we can lose ourselves a little bit in all of that pressure. We've taken on roles that we were never meant to carry. And we put pressure on ourselves that we were never meant to have. You know, we've come to a place in this world right now, and I think it's fair to say that there are so many opinions. There's so much injustice happening. There's so much so, so much political conversation. There's conversations around race and religion and, of course, COVID-19. And we have a lot of feelings going on. And we are doing a lot of different things. And, And I think that if we really got real with ourselves for a moment, maybe we'd realize that maybe we're not doing so great. Just in general. Maybe we're we're struggling a little bit. Maybe you can relate to that today. A little while ago, I got together um, a a bit ago now with uh, Pastor Beth, and we were like, okay, we're going to watch a movie, and that's going to be great. And uh, it's going to be awesome. So we were, we were looking through the different movies movie options. We saw one, and we read quickly the first line of the description. And we saw that we liked the actress in it. And we're like, OK, this is great. Fully expecting a romance. We kind of settled in, got the chips out. We're like, this is going to be awesome. And about 10 minutes in, we looked at each other, and we're like, this is a little bit dark. Like This is a little tense. For what we were expecting, like the, the the sounds, the the music in the background, every I'm like this this is being filmed a little bit differently than what I would expect here. Let's just keep going with it. And turns out this was an intense thriller that uh, uh, was extremely scary. And in the next couple hours, I just sat there with a blanket over my face. And you know, I think that actually. That kind of feels like 2021 so far. If, I, if I, I'm not mistaken, we're like, okay, this is going to be good. This is going to be different. This is great. I'm looking forward to it. And we're like, okay, what just happened here? This is a little bit different from what I expected. You know, we turn on the news and we don't feel really any level of security. We hear about vaccines and we end up just having more questions than what we did before that. And we look at our businesses and we feel like what the heck is going on? We can look at what ha- what's happening in society today and we can feel broken and in a small voice say, hey, What about Jesus? But then we pull back the curtain in our own lives and go, yeah, but who am I to even say that? Who am I to even present that option? Who am I even even to present that gospel and that good news? Who am I to proclaim the name of Jesus? I'm messed up. I don't have the answers. If only people knew. In 2007, a number of years ago, and I'm sure this number has only gone up since then, a study was done with non-churchgoers asking them what keeps them from going to church. And there were a number of different reasons given, but 85% of participants said that hypocrisy in the church is a reason why they they don't come. Yeah. You know, church is full of hypocrites, and that's because church is full of broken people. I wouldn't expect any different. I'm I'm thankful that our church is full of broken people. I'm thankful that I'm not the only one here who is broken. That every single person I look at and get to know, yes, you're broken too. And that you're in good company with that. Church is full of hypocrites in that sense. But can we get real about our brokenness for just a minute here? That makes all the difference. You see, when we fail to do that, when we fail to recognize that, we actually get puffed up with pride, ego, and a judgmental spirit. And we start to look at the world out there with this condescending uh, perspective. But we're broken too. It's not just the world out there, it's us too. But yet, so often when we realize this, the the tables get turned and we flip to the other side of the spectrum, and then we're just filled with shame. We either go from being prideful, that that's not me, to this shame-filled place of going, yeah, that is me. And I'm so full of shame with that. Shame is being something that we have done or something that has happened to us that counts us out of relationship, counts us out of community, puts us on the sidelines of life. So we set up a bit of an either or. Either I am good, I've got it all together, I'm better than most, I've kind of got this inflated view of self and we end up prideful, or I am full of shame, I'm nothing, I can't do anything right, if only if people knew. And so, oftentimes we tend to fall to these end of the spectrum when we are so focused on yeah. us. We end up looking at behind the scenes in our life and both of these approaches lead to ineffectiveness and stagnancy. Either I am too much or I am not enough. Yeah. In church, I want to suggest that in the current times we find ourselves in, it's a bit of a mess. Seeing these riots happening on Capitol Hill earlier this week, hearing the news as journalists. I was driving my car and I was listening to the radio and hearing about how journalists were taking uh, cover in offices and there was so much chaos and fear and not knowing what was going on there at the time. You see, there is too much going on in this world for us as Christians to either be living puffed up like we know everything in pride or slumped down in shame. But how do we even begin to do this? You know, we have to recognize that if we are going to break free from what is going on behind the scenes in our own lives, we need to realize that we are not alone in it. You see, I love this story in Acts of Paul. We read of Saul, who later becomes Paul, one of the most influential uh, uh, leaders in, in Scripture that we can see, one of the most influential people sharing this gospel of Jesus to all people. You see, Paul, who was known as Saul, was really not a great, great guy at the time that we are reading about him here. I was reading my study Bible as I prepared for this message. And and it had a little insert in it that was talking about kind of a biography of the person. And and it's all throughout the the Bible, all these little inserts of people. And it goes through their strengths. It goes through their weaknesses. And the weakness that was listed under uh, Paul was he tried to stop Christianity and persecuted Christians ever. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, that's a little bit of a weakness to be included in scripture. Like, you think you're messed up? Like, let's just, let's just get real with this for a second. You see, Paul was so far gone in all of this. He had killed Christians, and he was on his way to Damascus to now imprison more Christians and bring them back to Jerusalem. This was a wild world for the Christian church. Let's not lose sight of this, of what's happening. Saul, uh, it's wild to be navigating this landscape of the Jesus movement, the way that was taking place. It didn't have security. It wasn't a comfortable experience. It wasn't people just going into church, shaking hands, having a lovely time, going out for lunch afterwards, and la-di-da, that seems to be the perfect thing. That's not what was going on here. But what was happening behind the scenes? Who is working? It's Jesus. And he shows up on the scene right on time. Saul Saul has this wild experience and then is blind and taken to Damascus. But you know what? God is not just a God of experience. He's not just a God of, of Sundays. He's not a God of just worship experiences where we feel all the feels. He's not a moment in your room. It's not a single night with your connect group. That is not all there is to God. He is a God of follow through. He doesn't just show up for us at one point and then leave. He is with us through it all. Okay. See, I don't know what's going on bes- behind the scenes in your life right now. I don't know what pride you need to get rid of or what shame you need to work through. But what I can tell you is that you are not too far gone on either end of that spectrum. You are not too messed up and screwed up and, and out, of, out of touch or anything like that. Your thoughts are not too wild for God to take captive. You see, everyone in your life might have told you that you're too far gone. You might have patterns in your life that actually trace back to your childhood that you're not proud of. You might have things that you are holding on to. You might be afraid of getting real with yourself because you actually don't know what you are going to find there. You may have had words spoken over you that have haunted you and really limited what you've been able to do in your life. I'm not sure what's happening behind the scenes in your life, but I do know that if you let him God will make sure that you aren't alone in it. So what do we see in this story of Saul? I want to bring you five very quick points here. So if you're taking notes, get moving with the pen. Number one, God sees what others don't. Saul was not a good guy. We've established this. But God didn't just see who he was. He saw who he could be. He saw the plan that he had for him. Just because everyone around you doesn't see it in you, just because when you are are with the people who seem to know you the best or was with you when you were a kid or whatever else that looks like, doesn't mean that they have the ultimate say on who you are and what you are capable of. Just because you are one way right now doesn't mean that God can't redeem that and transform that into something else. Number two, God uses people. He uses community. God goes ahead and taps Ananias on the shoulder. So all this has happened with Saul. He's now in Damascus. He is blind. He doesn't know what's going on. He's had this wild experience. And then there is this guy named Ananias. You see, God actually uses a lot of different people to move ahead his plan and to move ahead his kingdom. Why Ananias? Why not one of the religious leaders? Why not one of the people that were kind of uh, uh, ahead of this movement here? Because God wants to use a community, not just a person. God doesn't just use a pastor, he needs you as well. You see, it's important that we understand this in this time specifically, because it might be hard right now to stay engaged. It might be hard right now to stay tuned in. You might be like, I am so done with Zoom. If I see another Zoom link, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't want to be on my screen all the time. Yeah, that's great. Early morning prayer, but it's on a screen and I don't want to be on a screen. And we have all these ideas. And I'm saying to you right now, don't let the method that we are in right now be the deterrent for God being able to use you. If Ananias was just like, you know what, God, I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to engage right now. There's a lot going on right now. I'm just not going to be there right now. He would not have been in a position For God to be able to use him to be able to actually propel forward one of the most incredible things that we see in all of Scripture, and that is Saul all of a sudden turning to Paul and moving forward this gospel like never before. Ananias was connected. He knew what was happening. He knows who Saul is. He is close to God. He wasn't afraid when all of a sudden he saw this vision. He probably had visions before. He was close to him, but God wants to use a whole community of people. So listen, church, we got to stay engaged in community. Number three, God knows where you are. He says to Ananias, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for the one called Saul of Tarsus. I love this detail in scripture. You're going to Straight Street, Ananias. You're not just going anywhere. You're not just going looking. I'm not quite sure where he is. I know where Saul is right now and he is on Straight Street. You are not lost on God. Just because maybe you've walked away from him or you haven't cultivated a relationship with him or you just feel like you are just not really as close to him, not as engaged with God, doesn't mean that he is lost as to where you are right now. He sees you. You are not alone. And God knows what you're doing. This is point number four. When he says, arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire the house of Judas for the one called Saul of Tarsus, he says, for behold, he is praying. You see, there's been a shift in Saul. Saul was someone who would have said his prayers growing up. But now he was actually praying them. He actually had a revelation who Jesus was. I used to be afraid of this idea that God knows what we're doing. What are you talking about? Hebrews 4.13, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him. And and we must give an account. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, seriously, everything, I was like, oh, this feels not great because I'm not always great. Let's go back to that brokenness piece, right? Like, God, you're seeing me when I yell at my kids or you're seeing me when I had that thought about that person or you're seeing whatever sin occupies our lives. And when we feel that, we can feel a little bit of shame creep into that moment. But let's keep reading in Hebrews 4, verse 14. Therefore... Since we have a, high, a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we possess. Possess, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne. Maybe this is the message you need to hear today. Of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You don't have to be worried that God knows what you're doing because God actually has grace to meet you there. God has empathy to meet you there. God is not a God who is mad at you, who is upset with you, who is frustrated with you. He loves you and he wants relationship with you. You just got to turn back to him in that. And number five, God sees the bigger picture. You know, we're so pained by what we see in the world right now. And no matter where you stand on a lot of these things, we can agree that there's a lot going on. A lot of injustice. It can feel chaotic. We can feel like we should have the answers. I know sometimes I feel so helpless of what do I say? What do I post? What do I, what do I comment on? What do I look at? What do I, what do I even do with this? You know, Ananias was human in all of this. He's like, come on, you know who this guy is, right, God? Like, you know that this is Saul, the one who like just, just uh, was killing people, persecuting, coming here to persecute more Christians. And guess what? I'm a Christian, so why would I go and walk into that death trap? Like, what are you talking about? He's able to bear his entire uh, uh, frustrations and emotions to God. So are we. God's not afraid of that. But Ananias does something that I think we need to catch here. He chooses to trust God. He lets his objections get dropped. It doesn't keep him stagnant. It doesn't keep him uh, uh, complacent. He actually goes and does and says, God, I'm going to trust you. And we need to do the same today because God sees the bigger picture church. You see, behind the scenes is where we can find all of the shame, the pride, the things that we don't want other people to see. But it's also where we can see God operate in incredible ways. Aren't you thankful you're not alone today? Aren't you thankful that we get to receive grace and mercy from God? I'm just so done with having people taken out church because of shame, or because of pride, or because of things that they have or have not done, or they don't feel good enough, or they don't feel capable enough, or they just don't, like, we can get so caught up in what we haven't done. I feel so guilty I haven't read my Bible. I FEEL SO GUILTY I HAVEN'T PRAYED. I FEEL SO GUILTY I SLEPT THROUGH PRAYER MORNING. I FEEL SO BAD THAT I HAVEN'T DONE THIS. AND WHY DON'T WE ACTUALLY ALLOW THOSE THINGS TO BE uh, uh, THINGS THAT INSTEAD OF MAKE US FEEL GUILTY, ACTUALLY PROPEL US TO BE ABLE TO RECOGNIZE THESE ARE THINGS THAT I VALUE AND THESE ARE THINGS THAT I ACTUALLY NEED TO START WORKING TOWARDS. BUT RECOGNIZE THAT GOD'S NOT MAD AT YOU OVER IT. GOD IS IN IT NOW. ALL IT IS IS JUST SAYING, OKAY, I'M JUST GOING TO GET STARTED RIGHT HERE, RIGHT NOW, BECAUSE GOD'S IN THAT BEHIND THE scenes. You see, if God can use Saul, he can use anyone. If God can use Ananias, he can use anyone. The person who's struggling with sin and the person who is devout in Christ, he can use both equally and together and everyone in between. This is what the body of Christ looks like. God is working behind the scenes in our everyday lives. He loves you. He cares about you. He sees you. He has a plan for you. He has a purpose you. He wants to use you. He's not wor- worried about where you've been or what you've done. He's not worried about who your parents are or the mistakes that you've made or the thoughts that you've had or the things that you've said. He doesn't see you through the lens of your spouse, your boss, your father, your mother, your friend, your worst enemy. God is greater. We can trust him. We can look to him. We can be part of his family today. He's not just out front, which of course he is. He is behind the scenes in our lives. So whatever you are struggling with, wherever you're at today, whatever your brokenness looks like, I just want to encourage you in that. He is there. He is behind the scenes. He's with you today. And listen, maybe you're hearing this for the first time and you're like, that's not the God I know or that's not the God I've heard of or that's not uh, uh, the one that I, I have any knowledge of whatsoever, this idea of grace. I just wanted to share with you today that, you know, this idea of salvation, being part of the family of God. This is not something that is not for you, that is only for an elite group, that is only, this is for you today. Jesus came and died on the cross and rose again for you, for your sins, so that you can have a fresh start, a relationship with him. And listen, that is really the best decision you could ever make. And in scripture it just says, if we profess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus did what he did, then we're saved. It's that simple. So today it's my privilege to actually ask you that. Do you want to make that decision? And listen, we're we're going to have some more information for you. Don't worry about that. But if you're just saying, hey, yeah, that's me. I need to get right with God. I need to actually find relationship with him today. I just want to pray for you right now. So wherever you are, if you're watching live, you can click that button. It says raise a hand. Listen, that's just an outward expression of an inward decision that you can participate. It's anonymous. Why don't you click that right now? Maybe you are just watching on demand afterwards. Why don't you just make that decision in your heart right now? I want to to be in your family, God. I want to be right with you. And can I have the privilege of praying for you today? Jesus, I thank you so much for the decisions being made, Lord. Uh, All over this city, all over this province, wherever in the world these decisions are being made. And God, I pray right now, Lord, that that these individuals, that we would just know you, God. We thank you that you came, you died on a cross, you rose again so we could be saved. We don't deserve it. We didn't do anything to, to, to earn it, but you did it nonetheless. You gave us this gift, God. And I just pray right now for everyone making that decision. And I thank you for that in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, I just want to quickly pray for one more group of people. Maybe you've just been struggling behind the scenes, feeling a little bit off, feeling maybe prideful, full of shame, whatever in between. And you're just going, I need to recognize that God is in that right now. If that's you, why don't you just bow your head, close your eyes, and I just want to pray for you as well. Jesus, we thank you that you show up. You show up behind the scenes. You show up and we are not too far gone. We are not too far out of it. You know where we are, you see us, you're working and you see the bigger picture, Lord. You see the state of this world right now, God, and we recognize that we can't figure it out on our own. We can't do this on our own, Lord. We give this to you, God. I pray that you would be with every person who's struggling behind the scenes, Lord, in whatever capacity, in whatever way. Would you just show up in their lives like only you can, God. And I pray also that you would use us this week, Lord, to show up in the lives of other people. Tap us on the shoulder, God. Uh, uh, Approach us so that we may encourage others and be a part of this family that is yours, Lord. We pray all of this in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, church, why don't you join us in worship?
3: Come on with one voice, church. We're going to sing I Can See the Light.
2: I can see the light in the darkness, as the darkness bows to Him. I can hear the roar in the heavens, as the space between us Then I can feel the ground shake beneath us, as the prison walls cave in. Nothing stands between us. Nothing stands between us.
3: There's no other name.
2: There is no other name but the name that is Jesus. He who was and still is and will be through it all. So come one day in the space between all the things unseen in this reckoning. I know There is no other name, there is no other name but the name that is Jesus. He who was I says and will be through it all. So come one day in the space between all the things unseen and this reckoning. every battle cause I know that's I can see yeah. I can see the light in the darkness as the darkness is to Him I can hear the roar in the heavens as the space between us I can feel the ground shake beneath us as the prison to dreamers, on oh, the days, there'll be another in the fire. You're standing next to me, there'll be another in the one. He's holding back the scenes. And should I ever need reminding how good you've been to me? I've got the joy from many. 'Cause I know that's where you'll be. i will count the joy in bad. Cause i know thats where you will be i will count the joy in every Cause i know thats where you will be i will count the joy in bad. Cause i know thats where you will be i will count the joy in Cause I know that's where you'll be
0: Well, church, what an incredible time of worship, what an incredible service, and thank you, Pastor Emma, for an incredible word. Why don't you just drop a a comment in the chat right now if you're watching live, and if you're watching on demand, drop one in the comment section right now. Thanking Pastor Emma for a great word, and honestly, a timely word, something that most of us probably need to hear at this point in 2021 before we go any further, one that can release us into what God has, not only for us, but for his church, in this incredible year. Well, I'm using the word incredible a lot, <laughs> but I would say that you guys are pretty incredible. So we, I got an incredible uh, uh, couple in front of me right now. Sarah Ruth and Mitch McCracken. The McCrackens are uh, are awesome. We love them. I wasn't about to make a joke about like... What is there to make a joke about there? Like McCracken. Anyway. Um, yeah, I've known these guys. They're a lot. <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, I love these guys a lot, and we're really thankful for you guys. And you serve in so many different capacities. Um, parents, if there's one thing that you, uh, one person that you should like, just make sure that you are um, just filling up the comments section with right now, it's Sarah Ruth. She has done such a great job leading our kids team. And not just leading our kids team, but really discipling our kids. And we're so thankful for that. Um, Mitch obviously is involved in that a lot as well, but also equally is involved in... Our uh our, our, I was gonna say our music program. <laughs> we don't have a music program. Guitar lessons, free guitar <laughs> Sorry, lessons, free guitar lessons. Join worship team. He's on our worship team and we love you. And listen, we want to know um you know what a great message, but what stood out to you guys the most? And we'll start with Sarah Ruth.
6: Sure. Yeah, it was a great message. Um I loved when Pastor Emma was talking about Paul, who was formerly Saul, and how uh he was pretty messed up he had a lot of issues going on and, and as she was mentioning earlier there's a lot of issues happening in our world today and uh it's a little bit crazy and we can get caught or at least i know in my life i can get caught up in a lot of like what i'm doing and, and i get focused so much on myself and i feel like her message really challenged me to f- put the emphasis on jesus what's jesus doing in this moment and in this time and and less focus is Focus this? That
0: works. <laughs> Let's focus
6: on, uh, on yeah. ourselves.
0: That's great. What about yourself, Mitch? Yeah, for
7: sure. I mean, I think it's just the gospel message, honestly. And I love how God is a God of justice, but he's also a God of mercy. And, you know, Jesus died on the cross so that we could be saved and we could have that hope to look forward to, right? And, and we have that. And we can live in that. But it doesn't mean that our lives are just going to be so easy, right? Like, Ananias. <laughs> gets this call hey can you go talk to this guy Saul who's persecuting our church kill. he's like <laughs> he's killing people like you right like yes. that's what he's doing right yes. now can you go talk to them and if if you know Ananias played the COVID-19 uh self-quarantine card you know he's like you know what, I'm just gonna stay at home I'm gonna Netflix and chill I'm gonna take a me day I'm that's just right. gonna you know make sure that I take care of me <laughs> uh you know what would have happened if if like God chooses to use people, right? As Emma said, and if he didn't step forward when God called him, you know, would we have Paul? Would we have the New Testament? I guess so, because God's good and he'd redeem it. But, you know, next time God asks me to do something, I, I want to make sure that I do it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah.
0: And honestly, guys, you guys do exemplify that. That's why you're sitting here right now. We love you guys in all the ways that people have experienced God because of your yes. Um, okay, so this week, that's kind of the high up theoretical Uh, how does this, how does the rubber meet the road this week for you?
6: Yeah, I would say this week, I just want to constantly not just this week, but also the weeks following, constantly be reminding myself um, being planted in the word, um, being planted in what Jesus has to say and not letting opinions from maybe other people or opinions that I have myself stop me from doing what Jesus is calling us and all of us to do.
7: Yeah, that's so good, Sarah, for sure. I'm I'd say pretty much the same. Like, can I just steal her answer? Honestly, it's like, it's really good. I think I just want to look at ways that I can be obedient this week for opportunities. I want to make sure that I'm not having my mind closed or my heart closed, my spiritual eyes, if you will, closed to opportunities that I can speak in other people's lives. Awesome.
0: Well, Guys, we're really thankful for you. And like, it's hard to like, say that so many times in such a short amount of time, but honestly, we love you guys. We're so thankful for you. You're so faithful, and you set a really good example for so many people, so thank you for that. And uh, I do just want to talk to anybody that made a decision at the end of Emma's message to make a decision to follow Jesus. A really quick thing you can do is go to our website at the beginning of our, or, or the bottom of our website. There's a connect card. Fill it out mark off i want to know more about jesus somebody will follow up with you not in a and not in a, an intrusive way but in a way that says hey um we live we might make this decision in private but it's meant to be lived out in public and somebody will resource uh this new journey of faith that uh that you're on and make sure that you have everything you need to make sure that that's a successful journey it's been a great sunday i i, I do love online church i i love in-person church too and I just think that we're doing a great job as a church resourcing what God's given us. So make sure you're set, s- throwing something in the chat right now, thanking all the countless volunteers that have made this week happen. We love you, church. We'll see you next week.
2: Hey, Kenzie, how's it going? Good, 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 good. Hi, Slay like hey, Kids. Kids is now. Like Kids is now.